Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hip Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a show for women who are chasing their everyday and epic adventures. This podcast is hosted by Christy Moan and me, Katherine Taylor, and powered by Feisty Media. I'm trying to get secrets out of Christy. You are, and you're not getting them. It's just like, I can't tell you anything else. I can't tell you anything else. I hit record just in case she let it out. So everybody would hear it. Just in case. No dice. (laughs) No dice. Um, Yeah. We were talking about the Lifetime Grand Prix because I was just in Bentonville. You were? Oh, yeah. I saw you there. (laughs) You did. You did see me there. My favorite thing was you and Kate Verano. Oh, God. I'm so short. <laughs> In case you don't know, listeners, Christy Moan is short. So, Well, at one point, she's sitting on the wall, and I think she was still taller still than you. Taller than me. So, In fairness, Kate is very, very tall. Yeah, she was taller than me. I also did not expect Hannah Shell to be so tall. Hannah Shell is very tall. They're about the same height, Kate and Hannah. Yeah. Yep. So that was also surprising to me. Um, I got a little sick on the back end. So if you, if there's yeah. a sudden muting, I'm coughing. It's not COVID. It's just apparently we still get sick. <laughs> that does happen. Let me see. I'm putting on my. Are you wearing your feisty gooders? I just put them on. There they are. Really nice. You know, you can get a pair. I don't think we're we're selling them. You have to know somebody to get them. Oh, I thought you, I thought you were doing them at the festival. Oh, we're doing them at outspoken. Outspoken Summit, yeah. Yeah. So if people are like, what are you talking about? We have pink feisty gooders that we ordered. They're custom gooders. They have a little feisty on the lens, and then the inside says the future is feisty. The future is feisty. Yeah. Do you remember that our podcasts are like audio, not video, right? I know, but sometimes you you put the video on there. I know. Mostly when I'm making fun of you for something. I know you, you make fun of me for this. <laughs> you, you caught me singing on the intro of the last one. I told you that I was hitting record. You did. I just wasn't really paying attention. I was more focused on Betsy anyway. Yeah. So what do we got today? Okay. So I don't know if you noticed, but across feisty brands, we started a campaign on Monday called, um, Fueled is fast. 
And it's partially because what we found, especially women tend to underfuel in their lives. So what we mean by that is they're not eating enough to support their training. So around training, but also just in general, like diet culture has taught us not to eat. Right. And so a lot of times women in particular, just once you start training, you start riding um, a lot, you're not eating enough food to support that. Um, and the way it impacts our daily lives and then the long-term consequences that it can have. So across all of our feisty podcasts, we're having interviews um, on that topic. We've had a couple of great ones. If you haven't heard them, we had um, uh, Haley Smith and then um, Caroline, I can't remember her last name, the dietitian that was about six weeks ago on. But when we were at in Bentonville, I was like, oh, I want to chat with Kristen Legan because she's a coach. Oh yeah. Good. Point. And, um, you obviously know Kristen. She's coached you. Mm-hmm. Does she make sure you're eating when you're training? She, I, um, that would not be a concern for Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> so yeah. Um, no, that's not that. No, we, we did not really d- address my nutrition because that's never, that's yeah. I don't have a weakness there. Let's put it that way. Well, and sometimes like, it's not always, doesn't always come out of disordered eating for women right. as well. No, agreed. You know, like a lot of times it's just cause we're busy. Like you get off a training session. You're like, I've got to be at work and you know, 25 minutes you're grabbing a shower and then like a bar out the door. And that's just not enough to fuel you. Yeah. Or you just get busy and you're like, I, People say they forget to eat lunch. I don't ever forget to eat lunch, but because my stomach lets me know. Yeah, that that has happened to me for like during event weekends or whatever. You're like, oh crap, I need to eat. Um, my problem is whenever I do that, then well, it's like get out of my way because I'm going to eat all the foods in my line of sight. But but those are exceptions. Like on uh, as the rule, no, I yeah, not yeah. so. But yeah, so Kristen's on. Kristen's on. And then I snagged uh, Lauren DiCrescenzo because she had put up an Instagram, a reel on Instagram about a month or so ago. And it just talked a little bit about her journey of how she actually had a pretty severe, she talks about it, eating disorder when she was growing up. And it wasn't until bike racing actually saved her from that because she realized she wanted to be fast and she couldn't be fast if she wasn't eating. Um, And so it was just really fun to talk to her um, about that too. And what was interesting is both of them, right? Like Kristen mentioned when you're racing at a high, like that super high level, that top percent, I guess you are thinking about things like power to weight ratio, mm-hmm. but it's not inherently healthy. Like when that's the focus, like that's not, should be every, everybody's experience. And Lauren said the same thing. Like, yes, you are going to be fast, like go up hills, but it's not necessarily healthy for like a life, like lifestyle thing. Um, so I think like sometimes we take what elite athletes, what this is their job have to like do to be at that very pointy end. And we go, Oh, we should all do that. Like we should all look like, that. we should all be like that. Um, which I think there's a lot of like great things to mimic and elite athletes, but maybe not that one. Not that one. So leave that one at the door. So, so that's, that's what we're chatting about this week. Heck yeah. Great. This should be a fun, it'll be a shorter episode. 
than normal. And you'll probably hear a little bit of um, wind and background noise because this is, I'm standing in the square in Bentonville again. You were working this day, so you weren't. So were you. Yeah, but you were working your other job. You had your lifetime, you had your lifetime gear. And I was like, hey, are you busy? And you were like, yes. <laughs> Sorry. That's <laughs> okay. Um, the other thing I was going to mention is if you haven't seen it, on a funny note, I somehow managed to make my way into two videos about Big Sugar. So I'm in uh, queer, gla- queer Gravel, Abby Robbins video, because we went searching for Abby's keys. Abby came in and was like, I lost my keys. Can you take me out on course to find my keys? So we probably walked a mile on the little sugar course looking for their keys. And at some point I was like, Hey, did you check lost and found? In fairness to Abby, that worked out because those keys did not get turned in until right when I texted asking about them. They were in lost and found. That they were in lost and found. Yes. But, but, they wouldn't have been in lost and found then. And then you wouldn't, have, would you have thought to look back in lost and found later? Well, I think like somebody would have known we were looking for them and they would have texted us. That's true. He came in. Right. Yeah. Anyway. So uh, I made it into that video because I'm like driving Abby around um, to find their keys. And then Heather Jackson who is officially retired from triathlon and has made, I mean, she's made been a couple of gravel events, but this is kind of her official transition with a big sugar. And I made it into their video as well. Nice. So I'm Good job, I know you were at the finish line all day. You were on a course marshal or something. I didn't see you. Yes. I was course marshalling. So, or I would have pulled you in. There was a, there was a section I was very worried about and I just decided I'm worried about that section. So I'm going to go stand there. (laughs) That's what I did. That's what you did. Anyway, we'll stop blabbering and we will get up onto the interview, but go to Queer Gravel and Heather Jackson's channel. If you want to see those videos from Big Sugar, they're actually both quite good. I really enjoyed both of the videos. So not because I'm in them. (laughs) I just enjoyed the recaps. To live your healthiest life possible, you need to understand what's going on inside. Inside Tracker takes a personalized approach to health and longevity from the most trusted and relevant source, your body. Inside Tracker was created by experts in aging, genetics, and biometric data from Harvard, Tufts, and MIT. It provides personalized health analysis and clear recommendations, plus an action plan on how to live a longer, healthier life. Inside Tracker can also calculate your biological age, which is the rate you're aging compared to your chronological age, as well as ways to lower your biological age. The thing we love most about Inside Tracker is that they give you recommendations on things you can control to optimize your health, like food, supplements, workouts, and other lifestyle choices. And did you know that you can use your HSA, HRA, and FSA to buy any Inside Tracker plan? Which means you can purchase Inside Tracker using your tax free dollars. Oh, and it gets better. For a limited time, you get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you sign up. So if you're ready to get a crystal clear picture of what's going on inside your body, along with the science-backed recommendations to optimize what's not working, visit insidetracker.com slash feisty. That's insidetracker.com slash feisty. I am hanging out with Kristen Lincoln, and uh, you are a coach 
right, so tell me about your background in coaching. Yeah, so I've been a coach for oh, over 10 years now, I would say. Um, I've coached a little bit of everything in, t- in the endurance world, whether it's running or triathlon or um, my main focus is on endurance cycling, so gravel and mountain bike racing. Um, but yeah, just athletes of every level, you know, ones that are going for the podium and some people that are just trying to finish the race and have a good time out there. Yeah. And you, you also coach like the group coaching for Unbound and you typically women's women's and men's camps or just the women's camp yeah I do I coach both of those but um but yeah the women's is always super fun and the men's and women's is a is a whole different um opportunity out there yeah okay so we know that uh we know that you coach both men and women but this podcast obviously is focused primarily on women and across all of our feisty brands the last couple of weeks we're having we're talking about um the idea that fueled is fast it's also fun when you're fueled and uh the reality is a lot of women, men as well, but again, we don't care about the men on this podcast. Just kidding. We do. For the two guys that listen to us, we care about you. Um, but but a, whether it's because of diet culture or just not knowing or some disordered eating patterns, a lot of times we end up under fueling when, especially if we start training and riding. And um, have you seen that in your athletes? And like, what are some of the signs that you see when you see that's happening? Yeah, I mean, I think all athletes are prone to this, um, you know, is that we start training harder, our bodies are going to need more fuel to keep us moving strong and feeling strong out there. Um, But sometimes we get into our patterns of what we eat and we don't change that as we're training differently. So yeah, I think all athletes uh, see that. I see that in athletes I coach. Um, but so I think it's, it's just a conversation and making sure you're checking in regularly of what am I doing? How am I feeling? And, um, and just paying attention to that, that feeling. I think beyond counting calories or writing things down works for some people, but really just tuning into your body and, um, recognizing I had an awesome day out on the bike or on this run. So what did I do that was making me feel good? So we need to look at both the, the positive days out there as well as the negatives and try and decide, you know, how did the food that I was eating attribute to that. Yeah, I remember when I was training for an Ironman and I didn't really know a ton about training and I would just be really busy and I would have like watermelon and a sweet potato to eat all day. And I went to swim practice one time and I like couldn't make it to the practice at night. And my coach was like, you're training for an Ironman. You need to eat. (laughs) Um, How do you have those conversations with your athletes? That's a great question. (laughs) Um, I think when I'm having conversations with athletes, typically what we do is we talk about the, the race or the, the training um, that they're doing and looking at a specific workout. And let's say they did have a bad swim like you were talking about. And just uh, piecing it together, like going back, and it has to be, you have to go back in time more than just, you know, a few hours. It's what you've been doing for the months and the weeks leading up to those. And if we start seeing more and more of these uh, bad days on you know in training come up that's a really good sign that like something's off something's not working it's it's okay to have a bad day out there and and bonk because you forgot to eat lunch or because you just you know are feeling a little bit low but if we're seeing it regularly um that's you know I think nutrition is the first place we'll always look because that's just the the one that we, most of us miss do you have conversations with women about their periods that you're trying Yeah, so I think that's actually, it's such an interesting uh, field right now. And I think there's so much great information coming out and a lot of uh, different ways of working with women with their cycle and being able to enhance training, really, um, and and recovery and just making sure that we're working with our bodies. Because it is this kind of like 
thing that nobody talks about or we don't really touch um but it's kind of the next key i think for a lot of people to feel you know for the elite athletes i think it's a great um, opportunity for performance but then for the rest of us and just being able to again just feel good on the bike that's that's the key is we want to have fun and feel good well and not beat ourselves up right like i was talking to a friend and she was saying, I think I'm ovulating. And I just feel like I did my FTP test and I felt terrible. And she, But she was beating herself up, right? Because she was like, I should have done better. And I was like, well, actually, it's just your hormones. You know, like, I bet you take that two days later, you're going to feel fine. Yeah. And you're going to, like, you're going to slam that test. Um, but the, one of the reasons I was curious about that was, you know, for regular menstruating athletes, which there are a lot of women that aren't because of birth control or period, pregnancy, puberty, menopause, perimenopause, but um, that's just one of the signs, right, that, that we're in energy deficiency and that it's becoming a serious problem. Um, but 44% of people don't know that it's not, it's 44% of people think it's normal for you to lose your period during training. Did you know that? That's, yeah, that's such a high number. It's incredible. Yeah. It's, it's because we don't talk about it, you know, and it's, you hear, uh, you know, some elite athlete talking about it and think, oh, well, it just means I'm training hard. It just means that I'm doing this right. But then, you know, there's been some great athletes coming out lately. Um, you know, Ruth Winder is one of them that's been really open about her time in the pro peloton, you know, the highest level of the sport and then the, what she's doing to dig herself out of what she's already done to her body. And so I think having more of those stories um, out there, I think are great because it is helping put a little bit of light on, you know, maybe this isn't normal or maybe this isn't the best thing for for, you know, health overall, you know, we think cycling is just so healthy or, you know, any kind of endurance sport is just all about health, but the top level athletes, it's not, it's their job, you know, they're putting their bodies through something that's probably not the most healthy thing. And so trying to not mimic that and actually have conversations about what is, you know, good for our bodies is, is going to be you know, helpful. Yeah. Well, I think it's so hard with women, right? Because there is a lot of disordered eating. There's a lot of diet culture, but also, like, we're just busy. And <laughs> if you're, if you're, if you have kids, if you're training for like a big 100 mile or 200 mile or one of those big events, and you have a job, like, sometimes you really just don't have time to like prepare the proper nutrition or to think about it. And you, if you're doing it for the first time, you kind of don't realize how much you have to eat when you're doing it. Do you, <laughs> like, how does your uh, nutrition change when you're training and how do you kind of make sure that you're getting enough? Yeah, so nutrition, you know, I think the kind of the ground level of it is that we just want to create really good routines and just your day-to-day eating. You know, we want that just to be the normal. And then as you start training more, you can use that to kind of, you know, manipulate it a little bit. So make sure you're getting a little bit more in certain times. I also think the timing of your eating is really important. We always talk about, you know, making sure you're having your recovery after a big workout, but also going into those workouts and during the workouts, making sure you're eating enough so that you're not finishing with a bonk. Um, so yeah, so I think it's just about bringing that all together and, um, and letting it kind of ebb and flow throughout the season as you're training harder and easier. But I, but again, I think just setting that foundation is, is the most important thing. But how do we get rid of the narrative of earning our food? Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, no, I think that's, it is. It's so important to realize that, you know, just because you did a big ride, like, oh, I get to splurge on something. And it is that mind shift of, you know, we're, we're 
training our bodies, we're training our nutrition, we're training every piece of this to just have this more stable, steady, um, consistent kind of eating. Um, just because you've taken a couple of days off the bike doesn't mean that you don't get to eat anything or you have to really cut your calories. It's a, it's a much longer process than that. So thinking of it as a big picture versus day to day, I think helps with that. Yeah. I, I had to like get past the, you like, Oh, it's a recovery day. So you don't need to eat as much. And like, I've been doing a lot of heavy lifting recently and I did a squat day and it was kind of like the next day was just really busy. And by the end of the day, I was like, I'm so tired. And I'm so like crabby and I was like, I did not eat enough today because I did like really heavy strength. And you know, like when you're strength training, your whole workout is like, you know, you add it up and you're like, that was a two minute workout from, but it was like more weight than I've ever squatted before in two, two minutes. So, you know, it's like such a learning to listen to your body, which we've been taught to like, just shove that down and not do it so long. Yeah, exactly. Well, again, like with diet culture, it's always about like, oh, if you're hungry, that's okay. That's a good thing, right? And it's not. You know, if you're trying to, you know, perform, you're trying to go out and do be active and, and strong, you have to fuel. And so um, we have to just rewrite that script in our heads. And it's hard. You know, it's been ingrained for a really long time and everybody struggles with it. And none of us get it right every time. I think that's a good reminder is that like you're going to, we all have those days where we forgot to eat or we got too busy or something happened and we feel like, you know, terrible out there and just start the next day on a new foot and, and go for it. And I think uh, day by day, it gets a little bit easier. Cool. Well, if uh, women are looking for, uh, or the two guys that listen to our podcast, are <laughs> looking for a coach that's not afraid to talk to them about their period or eating enough, how would they find you? Um, uh, you can look me up. Uh, my coaching company is Rambler Coaching, R-A-M-B-L-E-U-R. Um, and yeah, just send a note through there. Happy to chat and, you know, always just excited to talk to new people about riding bikes and doing endurance sports. Awesome. Thanks, Kristen. Thank you. All right. I am in Bentonville with Lauren de Crescenzo and we are talking about I said it right this time perfect <laughs> I was really stumbling perfect, over actually. it for our recap podcast of the event this has been happening my whole life <laughs> what's your husband's last name Snitzer okay never mind that's not better it wouldn't be that much easier to spell <laughs> well yeah and I feel like you've got the brand now you can't I, change it I mean I, I feel like it's a good bike racing name it is a good bike racing name. <laughs> Except for literally every time I like type something about you, I have to look at how to spell it. Sorry, the effort makes it count. <laughs> it's true. Okay, um, but we're not talking about your last name today. We want to talk about um, this campaign that we're running within all of our feisty media channels, uh, and it's called Fueled is Fast. And uh, I heard you in a podcast, and I saw a post you had put up on Instagram. I messaged you, and I said, hey, can we use this post? And I was like, hey, actually, can we talk a little bit about your experience with this? Because you obviously race bikes at the, the top level. Um, and there is, we understand that especially women are prone to underfueling and the things that can lead to that. And I think you've had some experiences with that in the past. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about your story and how you, um, how that transitioned for you. Right. My story goes back a long, long time. You're not that old. Uh, I don't know. My early 32. I just turned 32. But, um, yeah, I mean, a long, long time ago, back in the early, like, 2000s. Back in the 1800s. That's the early 2000s. 
like in high school, middle school, I was like all the girls, like most of the girls I knew, they were like in middle school, high school and struggling like with what we wanted to look like and you know all the images in the media of like skinny models who are like 110 pounds and like five foot ten like we all wanted to look like that and I wanted to look like that too so I just, one day I was like all right well I just won't eat today okay um I'll look like that in no time but it didn't actually work out that way and I actually I struggled with that for a long time I spent time at like the children's hospital so I didn't mention that on the podcast, but I was at the Children's Hospital and really struggled with anorexia for, like, most of my teens. But then when I found, and when I was a runner, even in high school, I still struggled with it because, you know, you can, you can, you don't have to run as long as you ride a bike. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but when I, when I found cycling, the underfueling and just not eating, that was not working anymore. Yeah. And I definitely had to eat at least something to, like, get to the to get the most out of my, to get anything out of my body. Like I would just, you know, just go Remind us when you came to cycling. I know we've had you on the podcast, but it was oh, yeah, a yeah. long, long time ago. Long time ago. I haven't like been around the, for it. In like the 1700s. 1700s, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I started road when I was uh, 2010. 2010 was my first race. And it's, it's been a long road since then. But I mean, my fueling wasn't perfect back. It wasn't great. I mean, I, at least I was eating something. Maybe not the right things and maybe not the right timing. And, but I've, over the years, I've been using it, fueling as a source of, like, energy and just a source of, like, in, improving and having, like, amazing performances. Yeah. Like, you can do a lot when you, like, actually eat the carbohydrates and all the fuel surrounding the race and you actually won't gain any weight either <laughs> yeah. how did you how did you move past that like was it just a realization like oh now I understand that or did you need to have like some people come alongside you to help you like obviously if you were in like children's hospital yeah. if you were having treatment it something wasn't clicking still so oh yeah when I it, I don't think that anything clicked at the children's hospital I just wanted to get out of there <laughs> I was like I just like I would agree and be like I would say what I would have to say to like get out but I like had no plans of actually changing my mentality but I think what like flipped in my head like this the switch that flipped was going from being a like a skinny like teenager 20 year old or whatever to being like a fast a fast I, I valued being fast over being skinny because skinny wasn't going to get me towards my goals, which was being a good bike racer. So there's something flipped one day and I was like, I'd rather be fast than skinny. Yeah. <laughs> and did you have to relearn how to eat and how to fuel yourself from there? Still, I'm still learning every day. <laughs> I mean, I got, I, I got things pretty dialed these days, but I mean, just overcoming like it's always like hesitating sometimes on rides and being like, I don't know if I need to eat this much. But then once I do it, I'm like, wow, like my, I see my body as a machine that needs the fuel. And if I fuel it properly, then amazing things will happen. And if I don't, I say goodbye to whatever place that was. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because we talked to uh, Kristen Legan earlier and, you know, she's a coach mm -hmm. and she was like, inherently bike racing is not the best life. Like it's not something that we should try to mimic as the general population, right? Because it's okay. not the most no. healthy no, no. lifestyle for people, right? Like you're putting your body through a lot all the time, and you really. Have I wonder what I wonder what's gonna what's gonna happen to me in like 20 years. <laughs> but you have to dial in, and you have to, you know. Um, and so, I think there is like 
when you realize when this is your job and you have to like really think about what you eat and how you perform and put all those pieces together um it's a challenge exactly but food is just one part of a very very complex puzzle and you have to put all the pieces together and everything needs to like be perfectly everything needs to perfectly align including what you eat on the bike off the bike before the race I actually wear a super sapiens monitor now I'm one of their athletes and they um it's been game changing like being able to like actually see it it makes me feel more like a scientist yeah (laughs) I bet you like that I do love that having been a epidemiologist (laughs) at CDC I love looking at the data so like just see like being able to see like the effects that my food has on like my glucose levels and like when I need to eat like I can see it on my wahoo now and it's like okay oh time time to time for a snack it like puts it in a different context I'm not like thinking about aesthetics how how it'll affect me aesthetically I'm just thinking about it as a number yeah did you uh it's kind of a personal question but when you were struggling with anorexia as a teenager did you did you have trouble with your menstrual cycle did you start your period or did you I I started it but it it was very like I'd skip months and it wasn't how it was supposed to be I didn't always get my period sometimes sometimes occasionally but this is very personal do you have a regular cycle now or are you on birth control oh I'm on birth control (laughs) (laughs) I never get a period (laughs) well we we had an interview with Haley Smith right and she's talked very openly and she's like I can't go on hormonal birth control because I that that marker of like having my period is so important for me to know that I'm not like slipping back into disordered mm, eating patterns. Right, so. right, right. No, <laughs> I, I love the marina. <laughs> I don't, Maybe that's too personal. No, Sorry no, about it. Well, the marina. I, no, no. I think like a lot of women, like this is one of the problems, right? Because for the relative energy deficiency in sport, like a lot of women, that's that's the sign. Like that's one of the signs that we're not healthy. But then, if you're pregnant, if you're taking hormonal birth control, if you're in perimenopause. If you're in puberty, like a lot of those things will not be markers for us. And so there's other things that we have to really pay attention to um, when it comes to our fueling. And like, I do think technologies like the super sapiens are helping a lot of people, even if they don't use it long term, like just understand in the short term what their body needs. Yeah, it helps me view my body more as a, it's turning my body into even more of a machine than I thought of it before. So I'm like just getting the readings all the time. And yeah. Not having my period's been great. <laughs> I don't feel like that. It, it, for me, it's not a marker of underfueling. It's just a, yeah. a really annoying experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also, you don't want to get pregnant. You're a newlywed still. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that would really that, yes. impede my performance, <laughs> having a baby on board. Well, Chelsea Sonaro did just win the Ironman World Championship at 18, after 18 months post postpartum. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I don't need to make things too difficult. It's so. <laughs> true. It's true. Keep that in there. <laughs> a big season ahead of you. Um, is there anything that you would say to, to women, um, cyclists, you know, just of anything else you would want to say to them about fueling and taking that, thinking through that? Yeah, I mean, I think any, I, I just really want to share my experience with other girls and women just because the ment- like the amount of mental like anguish I put myself through is just horrifying like how much time I wasted thinking about like what I shouldn't eat and what I should eat and like uh, it was like way too much energy spent on that I feel like by approaching it from a more 
scientific, not even scientific, which is like a different point of view. Just eat, just eat the extra. Just eat just the, extra. the French fries. Just have the French fries. Have the piece of pizza. It's really not gonna like yeah. send you over the edge of anything. And don't. Oh, also, I do not have a skill. Everyone, throw your skill away. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. doesn't mean any. That what's on your skill doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, it's because like if you do Zwift racing, you have to weigh yourself, right? So it's like this in Zwift racing. Yeah, not in real racing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, maybe I, I don't want to ostracize myself. <laughs> I just, I, I've done some Zwift races in my day. Yeah. 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 But it, it's like an interesting, but I, yeah, I threw my skull like, a few years yeah. ago. Yeah. Your, your weight fluctuates every single day and it really doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Exactly. Well, uh, thanks for sharing your story with us. And um, it is fun to see you are fast. So that means you are fueled for your yes. rest. <laughs> All right, I thanks. just ate a ton of rice at home. It's been great. Yeah. <laughs> eat more rice. That's what I eat more rice. Eat more rice. All right. Lauren's nutrition advice, eat more rice. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Every day. Perfect. You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast. And be sure to follow us at Girls Gone Gravel on Instagram or Facebook.